0: you should treat everybody like they're their most important customer because collectively they all could be right the whole you know you're in a you're in a space where your most important buyer could be there but you're also dealing with people who are most likely to be visiting natural food stores and you know we spend all this money doing demos in stores well this is the most effective demo you'll ever do
1: welcome to the startup cpg podcast i'm your host jesse freitag Today marks the first episode of a very special new podcast series. Seth Goldman, Startup CPG's Entrepreneur in Residence, will be joining us once a month for the next few months to talk about hot topics in CPG. Today, we kick off by talking all things Expo West. With 21, yes, 21 Expo West events under his belt. Who better to answer our community's Expo West questions? You may know Seth as the co-founder of Honest Tea and author of Mission in a Bottle. And Seth is now the co-founder and CEO of Eat the Change, co-founder of Plant Burger, and chair of the board for Beyond Meat. Listen in as Seth covers how to stand out among thousands of brands, how to craft your 10-second pitch, a simple yet game-changing follow-up lead tracking plan, why you should treat everyone like the most important buyer, and more. Hi, Seth. Welcome to the show today. How are you? I'm great, Jesse. Really nice to be with you. Awesome. Well, I'd love if you could, since this is the first episode in a series that we're going to be doing with you, I'd love if you could just give us you a know, quick little intro about yourself and how you got connected with Startup CPG.
0: Sure. Yeah. So I've been in the food business since 1998 when I launched Honest Tea out of my house in Bethesda, Maryland. And um, I stayed with Honest Tea through the end of 2019. And along the way, also got involved with lots of other really great startups. I was a, a founding board member of Happy Baby, Happy Family. And then I became a board member and then chair of the board of Beyond Meat. And I'm still chair of the board of, of that company. And uh, my most uh, busy uh, work these days is uh, as CEO of Eat the Change, which is a planet-friendly uh, snack company, and also uh, as a founder of Plant Burger, which is a new restaurant chain. We've just opened our 10th outlet. New York City uh, last month. And I got in touch with Startup CPG or they got in touch with me through Daniel, who was uh, when he was growing the organization and um, they were having a lot of group discussions and invited me to to join those. And, uh, you know, it really had fun talking. And I, And um, my co-founder, Barry Nielbuff and I had written um, a book about Honest Tea and how we built it uh, called Mission in a Bottle a few years ago. And, and I know a lot of Food entrepreneurs have taken that up as a, a, a very useful guidebook, and so um, th- I guess these conversations are a great way to supplement uh, what's in the book.
1: Awesome, great, thank you. And yeah, I, the the honesty episode of How I Built This is one of one of my favorite podcast episodes well, thank too. You. So. That was, that was super fun. So I'm so glad we get to draw on your plethora of experience here for our community. And today our topic is Expo
0: West. Oh, yeah.
1: For a lot of our community members, this is going to be their first expo. And, you know, no one's been to an Expo West in a couple of years. Um, That's so- right. So it's kind of, you know, everybody's getting back into the swing of it. So we've drawn some questions from our community that they had and wanted to ask you. And then also just, you know, we'll kind of go through some, some different pieces. So I'd love to start with kind of, you know, it's a big question, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, on how do you get noticed at Expo West? <laughs> uh, one of the community members said, I feel like a small booth in a small aisle in a huge hall in a massive uh, complex is just like, it's so easy to get lost. So like, yeah. how do you even start to think about how do I stand out or get noticed at expo?
0: Well, first of all, it is, it's an amazing event. Uh, even, you know, in, in a pandemic, um, it's just the, the, such an energizing and energized community, people so passionate about what they're doing. And so, um, it's great for building community. It's obviously great for building business and, um, I have a lot of experience now that this will be my 22nd uh, Expo West. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so there's a lot of advice, um, but certainly one of the keys uh, really is making sure your people are able to taste your product. You know, you're a food company. And so um, I always am surprised when someone will be trying to pitch me on a food business. and, And of course, the first question is, well, what does it taste like? And so even in a COVID scenario, you've got to find a way for people to taste your product. So if it's make it small pouches or some kind of live sampling, you, the, nobody should be uh, at this show even in a pandemic talking about a food product. They should be finding ways for people to taste it. So that's I'd say you know one key. there are um, the show does arrange for people to you know f- have formal sampling outside of the the, the um, exhibition hall, but that's usually cost some money and so uh, especially for early stage entrepreneurs that's tough to to find a way to you know uh, get notes but here's what's interesting. The, um, the buyers do really take pride in seeking out new things. They really do. So, um, if you, I, I'm, I'm, and of course for me with Eat the Change, it's going to be our first, uh, Eat the Change, it's going to be our first Expo West. So maybe it'll, I'm sure it'll be a bit humbling because, you know, we don't have the big booth. We're right back to that 10 by 10. Um, <laughs> but, but it's, it's. Uh, I do believe that if you have a unique and different product, which of course is something I always advise people about, you've got to have a way to do that. You, you can't just be a me too product. Buyers really do um, find these things. They really do. What they most buyers will make an, a a good effort to walk, you know, every aisle. They may may not taste everything, so you've got to find a way to quickly and and brightly you know, explain what you're doing and capture their interest, right? You can't just, um, you know, a big slogan uh, may not be effective. It's got to be something that just in basically probably three or four words makes it clear what it is and why it's different and unique.
1: Yeah, great. And that leads really well into the next question of, kind of developing your elevator pitch of you you know you've got yes. someone to they've seen they've seen your backdrop or something or they've seen your samples and they've been drawn in now you've got to say something articulate and interesting enough to make sure that they actually <laughs> sample it and that you know it turns into something so what tips That's do right. you have about that kind of 30 you know 30 second elevator it's pitch 30
0: seconds it's yeah. not 30 seconds it's probably <laughs> If you're lucky, it's 10 seconds. That's, you know? yeah, that's
1: probably true. So that that 10 second pitch, what do you <laughs> what do you get in there? What do you leave out?
0: Yeah, it's gotta be something that really quickly and clearly uh helps people understand what you're what you're offering. And so just as an example, um, you know, what we'll be do, we'll be launching a new kid's snack uh from Eat the Change at the show. And so we're gonna talk about, you know come try the first vegetable based kid snack. Mm. And so, you know, why you have to make it clear why you what you're selling is different and that why they don't why they need to taste it. And so, you know, obviously, um, hopefully in those, what have those come to, uh, you know, vegetable based kid snack. Those are, I think, the key words. So that's four letters. Hopefully those four letters is enough to draw somebody in. But what are the four, you know, four words that make it clear what you're why what you're offering is different?
1: Yeah, no, that's super helpful. I think it one of the shows for live bar. Cause we were, we were an energy bar and there was 66 other energy bars exhibiting. Right. And so our pitch was, uh, come try one of the only, uh, baked energy bars and the only one in a compostable wrapper you know something a lot mm-hmm. we kind of get baked and compostable in there and usually yeah. that was enough to people would be like oh wait oh okay you know and then they'd stop and and right. they'd try something but yeah you really have yeah. just seconds to say something
0: and I'd say the other thing that's key is and, and it's all about the people and their energy they bring you should not be behind your your table you know these these are meant to you really have to engage people so um, you're standing in front of the in front of your table you're you know want to force people, but you want people to be, you know, no one should uh, be able to walk by your booth without at least consciously, uh, you know, passing by it. Like, right? You know? Um, and it's funny cause you do go by, you'll see some booths and you're like, Oh man, why are these people here? They're sitting behind on an edit table, uh-huh. you know, and they just have no chance to get attention if they're, you know, not engaged, engaging people in the aisle. So energy counts for a lot. And that, um, and that means, you know, choosing who on your team goes. And, um, and, and then it also it really, you have to be strategic about there's very few people I know who can spend a whole day on their feet, holding that energy. So, you know, stagger the team so that there's certain people get breaks at a certain point. You know, you just, it's just, it's a grind. I mean, it's a good grind and it's, and it's fun, it's energizing, but it's exhausting. And so pace yourself. And then the other thing I say, this sounds, you know, like wear comfortable shoes. You don't win any fashion points for like, (laughs) I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I'll certainly be wearing sneakers, you know, you've got to just be able to, you know, um, and then we also we invest in a little rubber mat at our booth. So when you're there, it just feels more comfortable. It's not as tough on, you know, on your on your on your back.
1: Yeah, no, those are great points. You can get, you know, some some pretty cheap on Amazon, just something extra cushy to to add yeah. or you know bring yeah. i brought a um i brought a little camping stool one time and that was yeah. way more comfortable than those hard you know the hard chairs that come with your booth so you right. know it's right. okay to be creative and have you know make sure that comfort <laughs> your comfort is taken care of as much as possible
0: here's another really important tip um so everyone at the show has a badge but it is often the case despite the fact they're doing id checks it is often the case that the badge does not actually communicate that person's role uh-huh. Um, you know, so someone may be an investor or they may be a retail buyer and they have a badge from some other entity. and and so you the fact is you' you really won't be able to figure out who is who. And so the key is you should treat everybody like they're their most important customer because they collectively they all could be, right? The whole you know you're in a you're in a space where your most important buyer could be there. Uh But you're also dealing with people who are most likely to be visiting natural food stores. And if you're a brand launching in natural food stores, somebody may not become your retail buyer, but they may become your consumer. Uh And, you know, we spend all this money doing um, demos in stores. Well, this is the most effective demo you'll ever do. So treat everybody like they count. And uh, and that also communicates. That's the kind of brand you are, and that gets you know that helps generate good vibes. And but it it's really striking to see. And I I you know I've walked by a booth and I'll see someone talking to a buyer and they'll maybe just ignore other people. And it's like well you know these other people could be really important to your business. Um, So that's another I think important sort of mindset. to have and then one other interesting sort of um, corollary to that is that also treat everyone like they're a potential competitor I, I remember one year we had a guy who just had joined our team he hadn't really been fully briefed and he started saying things about the competition that wasn't that flattering oh no and somebody who was affiliated with the competition heard that he went right back to the competition and said hey here's what you know honesty is saying about your brand and sure enough that you know the CEO of that company came over and you know gave me a probably fairly uh well deserved, you know, tongue lashing. And I have obviously spoke to that individual in our company, but you know, you don't win any points by saying negative things about your competitors and, and it, it all that also communicates how you operate it and and as a vibe.
1: Yeah, that's those are really Great points, and I think on the you can definitely tell the energy difference. I remember even walking around as a you know as another fellow vendor, just going to check out other brands, either for collaborations or just good to make connections. And you know they look at my name tag and be like, oh, oh, you're just another vendor. Oh, okay, well you know try stuff if you want, and then just would you know go back to being on their phones or sit down or whatever. And I'm Uh, like, you know, like okay, like I get I get it, but it's it's not the greatest vibe. Like you said, you know, feeling you're like, well. You know, I was. I'm here because I'm excited about your products, so. though. <laughs>
0: I would almost ban, I wouldn't, I won't, but I would almost ban phones from, you know, people at the booth being on their phone because it's just, it is, it's the wrong, the wrong vibe, but it communicates the wrong um, sort of energy.
1: Yeah. And I think also your point of just kind of treating everyone, you know, the same and with the same high energy, because so many people also will turn around their badges. And that was a question from our community of how do you, (laughs) how do you deal with the fact that lots of times the really high profile buyers are, like you said, either they're switching badges with someone else so that it has a different name, or they're turning around their badge yeah. so you can't see their name. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's why you treat everybody like they're your most important customer. That's the only way to do it. Because you know, then there are the people who are out there just you know scavenging for lunch and and you know hoarding samples. It's like you got to let them do their thing. Like don't you just you don't go to this show with all these samples to you know br- bring them home. You're there to to promote the brand in, in any form. And so just there's no there's no way to. You know, no one has a radar to automatically detect a buyer. You've got to treat everybody like they're important. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad philosophy in life, by the way, either.
1: <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> We've got life lessons and Expo West lessons here today. <laughs> Bonus content. Um, and then we also have some community members that are that may not necessarily have a booth, and they're just going to the show to yeah walk around. Do you have any tips for anybody in in that of they're just trying yeah. to make the most with of their you know being there as a as a um, attendee.
0: Yeah. So that's a great way to learn there. And I always tell people who, whenever someone asks me, Hey, how do I learn about this industry? You've got to get to this show. You've got to walk the floor. You got to taste things. You got to see who's in the booth. You know, if someone says, how do I get a job in this industry? Well look and see, you know, what kind of jobs there are, see what people do. Um, so that's a key piece of it, but also look for innovation ideas. You'll get inspiration, go, you know, even though you may not be in personal care, walk that section. So you get a sense of, oh, here's a new ingredient people are using, or here's a new aroma or flavor, or here's a new kind of package. So really look at it. I mean, I I, I don't know if I've told you this before, but I, I go to the grocery store almost every day. We're very fortunate that the office in, in Bethesda is just across the street from a giant supermarket. I go there every day. It's not that I need groceries every day, um, I, but it's just like, I'll, I'll go sort of look at what's going on in the, in the aisles and look at new things. So I, if, you, if you can learn a lot from a conventional grocery store, think about what you can learn walking a floor of Expo. And then what the, you should also be doing, a lot of the suppliers are there. So, so you know, if, even if you're just getting started, meet with different suppliers. They want to talk to anybody who's growing a business. And then a lot of, you know, brokers are there and see if you can talk to them and even investors as well. So there's a ton of resources. It's, it's really overwhelming. Um, so the question isn't what to do; it's maybe how you prioritize your time. But there are a ton of opportunities, and it's it's certainly a, a worthwhile trip um, for anybody to spend uh, time on the floor.
1: And if and if you're if you don't have a booth and you know, but you do have a brand and you have some samples, you know, do you bring a backpack of your samples and have them ready to go.
0: Yep, yep, that's what I you know, going back to 1998 when we launched Honest Tea. I, I, it's a funny, we tell the story in the book because, um, Barry, my co-founder was walking around with a little notepad and I was walking around with huge duffel bags, lugging these glass (laughs) bottles of honesty. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Now you can't force it on everybody. And, um, because you know, you're, you're not a a technically, uh, an exhibitor, but, um, yeah, that's a great idea. And, and, um, Usually what we did back even back in 1998, we had a friend. uh, So she was one of our tea suppliers and she let us sort of set up a little base of operations at her booth, which was basically we could go back and replenish our duffel bags, um, you know, uh, as needed.
1: Uh-huh. Nice. And you you mentioned just a, a moment ago kind of about prioritizing. And, and that was a question that had come up of, you know, how much and I'm sure it depends on how many people you can kind of bring to your booth. But, you know, how should you split your time between being at your booth selling versus also, you know, connecting with other brands? Maybe there's collaboration opportunities, there's suppliers, there's investor, there's brokers. Do you have <laughs> any tips on prioritizing your time?
0: Well, you really try to do it all. I mean, so, um, you know, you you obviously always need uh, at least two people in the booth who are just actively full-time selling, you know? And so usually what I'll do if I'm there is I'll have meetings with people as, you know, we'll, we'll schedule whatever meetings we can. And we do have, you know, certain buyers who say, I'm going to come by. The challenge, of course, is it's such a huge show. And so a buyer can say, I make them by Wednesday morning, you know, or th- I'm sorry, Thursday morning between 10 and 11 or whatever, but that's as good a window as you're going to get. They're not going to, you can't hold people to specific times just because it's such a big show. It's hard to, you know, so, um, but you can have meetings there. So it is worth having a little um, space where you can have a conversation with somebody not in front of everybody. So um, once again, it's harder in a 10 by 10 booth, but you could have a little small um, kind of, uh, Bar table in the back where people can stand and lean on and just talk to each other, not in the hearing range of all the other people who are sampling. So, you know, that's something that we have historically done. And, and yeah, I mean, certainly during the downtime, it's great to walk around and, and, you know, you, you may, you may not get to every uh, booth as, as in a way the buyer does, but there are certain parts of the show that, you know, um, you really want to see. So certainly where the early stage companies are, that's obviously a, uh, an important part. The, you know, the big and established companies, you still worth looking at, but you may not feel the need to go sample each one of those because they're probably brands you've already seen and, and know about. Right, right.
1: And... How do you recommend maximizing time not on the on the you know show floor? You know, you've got evenings and hopefully but everybody's evening is at least one of them is is at the startup CPG Alley Rally. So that of evening's course. out. But, you know, all your other yeah. evenings, um, you know, how, <laughs> yeah. how do you maximize that? Question?
0: Well, yeah. So here's one thing. One thing I do um, is I actually in the morning I make sure to get to the, they have like a, a free yoga class. I go there because your body is so sore. You really, it's great to stretch it out in a, you know, sort of mm, yeah. professional way. So I, I do that. At night, It's I think it's really based on, you got to do like, <laughs> you got to do whatever re-energizes you. So for some people, they'll go to a, a you know, a, a social a happy hour or a party. I generally like want to just get off my feet. And I and I I've been talking to people all day. So I'm totally happy to just spend it much more low key with just a few team members and, and just sort of talk about what happened during the day. But, you know, there is lots of networking going on. I, I do most of my networking on the floor. So once the once the, the day is done, um, you know, there are some good um seminars and and, and lectures to go to. Um at, you know, but I just say be strategic with that. You can't get to all of them. So you know, um, they're certainly not worth missing the opportunity to sell, you know, product.
1: Yeah. I appreciate that prioritization of that. It's, uh, it can be okay to do whatever you need to do to re-energize for the next day. And some yeah. people may have the energy to do a bunch of evening activities and some people may not, but you, you're prioritizing your, your show floor time.
0: Yeah. And generally Saturday is a much slower day. It's more of um, industry selling to industry. So Every once in a while, there'll be a major buyer that comes through, but I think Thursday and Friday are the big days. And then the um, organic pavilion is on Wednesday. And so we'll be there for that. But um, by the time you get to Saturday, you know, I I would say everyone's a little more relaxed.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And also, how do you, I, I remember it wasn't very sophisticated, but we kind of would have a, you know, a couple different boxes for business cards of, okay, like, you know, the Whole Foods buyer walked by, let's not lose, you know, that business yeah. card, um, you know, but so, but, you know, you're just, you're talking to so many people and, you know, I know there's paid options to scan badges or whatever, but I'm curious about your perspective on how to keep track of all these leads that are coming in and prioritize them and, and then make sure yeah. that you have a plan for follow-up.
0: So historically, scanning is what has worked for us. The key, though, is you have to write down your notes as it happens. I mean, it's such a flood of inquiries that if you Sort of at the end of the day, try to recap, you know, who wants samples and who wants to launch and who bought into the show special. You just never going to do it. So you got to take real time notes on this stuff. Um, and so uh, that's key. If it is, if you are scanning and I I assume it's been two years, but I assume the scanning technology has probably advanced a little bit. Maybe we can even do it on our phones, but just give yourself, you know, quick notes and codes. And the other thing I would say is before you go to Expo, you know, easily in the in the two weeks or three weeks prior. um, do Get get ready for the follow-up, meaning understand what is your follow-up package going to be. And so so that you know when you've spoken to somebody, look, if somebody's a buyer ready to go, they should get one set of uh, follow-ups. If someone's just curious and wants to get samples, that's a different follow-up. And get all that wired and maybe you even have a um, a code. So, you know, package A goes to one person, package B. And so then after you speak to somebody, you write down their name and just write package B, you know, I mean, just mm. so you know who gets what. Um, so get all of that organized beforehand, because by the time you get home, not only are you all exhausted, and, and, you know, someone probably is going to take need to take at least a day or two off and whatever it is. So you, you better off if you can um, get everything wired before you go to the show.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great point to have the kind of set up packages and just be ready for that follow up. That that makes a lot of sense. And I think that the scanning does seem uh, like the way, way to go. We tried to do it without scanning, uh, one year and it was just in the evening, you're just taking photos of hundreds oh, of business cards nice. and then trying to write notes. And it's like, this, this isn't a good use of our yeah, time. And I
0: think people are getting <laughs> away from business cards because of the whole COVID thing anyway. So don't, don't count on everybody having a business card.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. I also wanted to get your take on, you know, at, at, uh, at, Expo West. And I mean, a lot of the trade show, there's also like the virtual options that you can participate in as either yeah. in addition or in, you know, in substitution yeah. of a physical booth. I'm curious about your,
0: your feedback. I am not big on those at all. I, I'm, you know, pretty skeptical because that's going back to what I said earlier. It's all about taste. You yeah. can't taste something virtually. And so, you know, what I will say is someone who's there in person has made a commitment. If they're a buyer, they're there in person, they they're there because they want to, find something and and buy something there that, you know, so someone just cruising online. uh, So so I I mean, we obviously because I think as part of our booth, we get to have that virtual thing, but I'm putting no emphasis or hope on that being a real source of um, business generation. That's super helpful.
1: Also wanted to just kind of ask of, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but, you know, you see, say you're going to grab your, your lunch and you see the, a a target buyer, someone that you've got on your list that, that you have to, to talk to. I've, you know, had some questions of how do you balance, like, Mm -hmm. you know, someone else is grabbing their food. You want to be respectful that maybe they're in their (laughs) downtime, but this is the only time that you have seen them. So, you know, how do you balance some of these interactions of, of recognizing that other people are humans and also, you know, You're there to make connections.
0: So a few things. First of all, most of what we when we grab food, we're just eating at the booth, like or or, or grazing a little bit. You know, usually you get a little uh, friendly with someone in your aisle, and you trade. You know, you'll give them something for something. But we don't we don't sit down and have lunch. Um, We're just busy selling. That's one point. But the other one is, um, yeah, if you see someone you know, you need to connect with. First of all, don't pitch them at somebody else's booth, right? Don't (laughs) like they may be viewing a competition. Don't go up and say, oh, hey, you got to come taste this, Um, but. It's okay to stalk them a little bit. So once they're done at being in somebody else's booth, you can either give your card or give a little postcard with your booth number on it and just say, hey, um, we're really eager to show you our new vegetable-based kid snack. Um, you know, Please come say it or I can bring a sample over to you. Um, but look, they're there to find business. You're there to find business just because they're not physically in front of your booth. Yeah, doesn't mean they may not other. Like I say, don't interrupt them in the middle of a conversation. But I I have found these guys to be receptive. They're you know they are there for that purpose, so they're open to hearing a pitch and wherever they are. um, you know, I, like they just be respectful. And, and uh, if they if they signal they're not interested, you have to hear that as well. You know, there you shouldn't be sort of harassing anybody.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good tip. And you just mentioned like, you know, like a postcard with your booth number on it. What kind of sales materials do you obviously you can have as many, you know, you could have a million options, but if you had to kind of narrow it down to the necessities yeah. of what what do you have to have as far as sales materials?
0: Well, um, so here's what we're doing. Yeah, definitely postcards and we have a little sales sheet. Um, we we have samples in small packets um that we'll make available because some people may just say COVID's going on. I'm not gonna open I'm not taking my mask down for anything. So you gotta give them a and that that little um packet has to have information on the company, obviously, and and or maybe it's stapled to the postcard so they can't get separated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, at the booth, we certainly have much more information in terms of whether it's comparisons against um, the category or um, other information on, on the product. But you want to have, uh, but what you don't, you know, what I wouldn't do is create a big folder that someone has to take. Every, you know, these guys are all trying to stay light on their toes. Some of them literally walk with just their phones. Um some of them have, you know, do carry around big bags, um, but those, ba- you know, like I say, you're walking several miles on the show floor and by the time you get to the end, your, your bags are heavy. And um, so just, you know, try not to load them down with unnecessary stuff.
1: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense and kind of in the, in the realm of, of materials, I actually saw some questions this morning in our startup CPG slack of people being like, how do I not spend a fortune on the boot on a booth? Or do I need to, you know, you you see people with tens of thousands of dollars of setups and then you see people with a backdrop and some samples.
0: That's us. We're going to have a backdrop. We're going to have samples. We got a, um, we got a a little bit of an elevated table, but it's, it is like, you know, it's a 10 by 10 booth. So we're not, you know, that's, um, we're in, in. We've been investing in, in the brand, not in um, fancy uh, backdrop. The fact is that, especially with COVID these days, you, you really aren't using that fancy backdrop more than once or twice a year. So that uh, for a startup company, that's just not a good investment. You know, you want to have some some eye catching words or or pictures or images on your backdrop, but um, other than that, just let you know, let your team and your product do the talking.
1: Yeah, I'm curious if you have any you know, with, with all your years of going to Expo, do you have any other success stories or tales oh of caution or yeah, anything well, that you could share? There,
0: <laughs> sure. There've been so many where we've, you know, those shows, I mean, if we, I wouldn't keep going to the shows if they didn't play a role. And, and so, yeah, I mean, we've met key buyers at these shows that led to amazing opportunities. Um, going back to honesty very early on, it wasn't Expo West. It was a it was a beverage show, and I met um, the the CEO of, of Big Geyser, which became our largest um, distributor. They were covered all in New York City, and it was just a guy. And once again, you know, his booth, his his tag didn't say anything about who he was or what he did, but um, we treated him well. And 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 I sort of midway through the conversation, some guy kind of came by and said, "That's you know, that's the guy who." big a- H who runs big guy who's, you know, owns big geyser. And so, you know, we sold extra hard once we knew that, but, um, that was amazing. And then I just think about all the people. I mean, when you go, uh, for two decades, you meet a lot of people. And so there are people who are really, you know, become lifelong friends that have first met at Expo West. And, you know, it's also neat that, um, when you're in an aisle, you know, it, you, you do get to know the people on either side of you or in your, in your row. And it's fun to see them, their journey and your journey. And, and, uh, you know, and then also meeting people. We've, you know, actually one of my, uh, the, oh, the, the woman who's in charge of our, um, Natural food sales. I met uh, at Eat the Change, but I met her first in at that um, fancy food show in 1998 uh, with Honest Tea when we were lugging around our, our duffel bags. And <laughs> wow. so, you know, we still, I've been re- worked with her at Honest Tea and now working with her again. And um, so, you know, it's just um, these shows are, are, are really important for um, the growth of the, of the business. And it's not a, uh, I mean, it is. great chance to, to socialize, but this is not a junket. This is work for sure. This is, um, you know, every waking, every time, every minute you're awake, there is a chance to, to, to build the business. So don't, you know, don't waste it. Yeah.
1: I'm curious. Are there any other last tips or tricks or anything that you'd like to, to share as people, you know, head off to expo here in a couple of weeks?
0: Um, We used to do some really fun guerrilla marketing stuff at Honest Tea. So as I said, there are some there are some places where you can do official sampling, but there's some other places further out from the show where you can still do sampling. And so, uh, for us, with a, you know bottled beverage people, it was hot. People had been walking. If someone's walking to the show, they don't—they're they're happy to have a taste, and that's just kind of fun. We even were doing one year. This was this was sort of the our our at our height. We had a deal. Uh, we were at this intersection, and all where all the taxi cabs leaving the show were running through. And so what we would do is, and they'd be at the light and we'd be at the light. And so the, um, we, the person would roll down the window, we'd give them a bottle of tea. And while the car had slowed down, we'd slap on a point of sale sticker on the back of the table. <laughs> taxi cab. And so for, uh, so by the time we got to the end of the show, all these taxi cabs had honest tea labels on them. It was just a very funny, I, I, I can't, you know, recommend that as a, uh, in fact, what we said to the buy, we did ask the driver's permission. We'd say, you know, here's, here's a bottle. Cause we gave the, the not just the passenger, but the driver a bottle too. And, and then we say, okay, so I put the sticker on? They said, yes, but that was kind of fun and funny. And people say, man, I saw these honest tea stickers all over the taxis. That was amazing. So um, That's awesome. But, The point is you can have some fun with it and and it's a good, you know, it's kind of a festival atmosphere and and so it's fine for people to get in the mood like that.
1: Yeah. That's great. It's a fun story. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Seth, for coming on and talking to us about Expo West. Yeah, we'll see you there. Yeah, definitely. We'll see you there. Look forward to meeting you. And then we'll be back with more episodes with Seth in the coming weeks. So stay tuned.
0: And there's gonna be lots of um, we're getting involved in lots of the the CPG university there too. So hopefully get to interact with a lot of people at the at Expo West. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Take care. See you soon.
1: Thanks for joining us. This Startup CPG podcast is executive produced by me, Jesse Freitag. Theme music is by the Super Fantastics. We'd love to have you join our community of founders and experts. Get the invite at startupcpg.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. It's the easiest way to help us grow our community. See you next time.